Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, December the 2nd. It is the 34th Saturday in Ordinary Time. It is the last day of Ordinary Time. This evening, we begin the Advent season. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. So this is a great reading to end our season with. There's a lot here, believe it or not. It seems like Jesus is just making threats. You know what? The reality is, I I heard this analogy once in school. Imagine if you have a healthy set of eyes and you look at a beautiful uh, sunny day. It may be a beautiful sunrise over the ocean or a beautiful sunset, something with the sun You look at it with a set of healthy eyes, and it's beautiful, and you can't stop looking at it. Maybe it's a little bright, you put on your sunglasses, but still it's beautiful to see. And we like to sit out in the sun. We like to bask in that sunlight. I know I do. I love my days going to the beach and just enjoying the warmth of the sun. If it gets a little too hot, I jump in the water. God gave us that too. Okay. When the eyes, however, are sick, when we have a disease of the eye... When we have some sort of an infection, we can't look at the sun. We need to look away. For people maybe that have been underground or inside for an extremely long time, to go out into the sun is hurtful. So this is how it is with the sun, S-O-N, which applies very much. Our, Our podcast today applies to the title of this podcast, Clothed with the Sun. Are we clothed with them or not? Because if we're clothed with the sun, and really it's not even, I mean, it says that Our Lady in Revelation 12 is clothed with the sun. Um, The true theology is a little bit more specific. It's uh, not that Jesus clothes us, but Jesus fills us. You know, that we literally become Christ. It's more than just a clothing in God's grace and in the Son of Man. We, We are transformed into it. But my point is... God is either the punisher or he is the savior. Jesus is the savior, right? But yes, he will also be our judge. And if we are in the light, if we are clothed with the sun, then our judgment day is going to be the happiest moment of our existence. And you don't have to be perfect for that to be the case. I'm not perfect. I'm very, very far from it. And that's true for all of us. But it's about loving him, trusting him, following him to the best of our ability, having the intention of being in the state of grace and and expressing true sorrow for our sins. So if we are not, if we, and this is now getting to the point of the reading, and let's look at Jesus's words, because Jesus is saying this is something negative because he's addressing those who are either drowsy from carousing and drunkenness or caught up with the anxieties of daily life. They sound like two opposites. I know a lot of people, though, that are both. 
because they don't have the Lord. See, it's simple. You either have the Lord or you don't. People get into witchcraft and the occult and all this weird stuff. Why? Because they long for the supernatural. If you don't have the good supernatural, then you start dabbling in the bad supernatural and you destroy your soul. Well, it's the same with everything else in life. Some people are all caught up in their job and their their worries of life because they're all about money, right? Or maybe it's fear of not having enough. So that's the anxieties of daily life. And then when the, the work day is over, what do they do? They go drink. I know so many people that fall into that category. So there's drunkenness and carousing on the weekends and in the evenings, whereas the rest of the time they're caught up with the anxieties of daily life. That day when the day comes and the day is uh, lowercase letters here, I've seen it in other places where it's uppercase day the day. You know, (laughs) the day has already come, but the day is still coming for us. And like I say, it's supposed to be good. Why do we fear death? Yet we look forward to that photo op in second grade. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, first Holy Communion. Why do we fear the day, but we look forward to Catholic graduation? I'm sorry. I mean, confirmation. Why do we fear the day But we look forward to that big drunken party after the, oh, I mean the wedding day. The day is coming for us over and over again. Why do we dread that day and dread going to confession? Why do we dread that? Because the one is meant to make the other one beautiful and amazing. That day that's coming for all of us. The end, the very end. So that day is coming, but the reality is right Today, we can go receive the Eucharist. That's the day the kingdom of God wants to live within you. The day of our baptism, the day of our first communion, the day of our confirmation, and every day that we get to pray, that we get to live in God's grace, that we get to make a go, go make a good confession, filling us with grace. That's the day the kingdom of God has already come. But if we haven't accepted it yet, when are we going to? We're going to wait for that dreadful day. Yeah, it's going to be dreadful because you're not ready. That's the reason it's dreadful. So, yes, it gets a lowercase day. It's really meant to be uppercase. We we say in the Eucharistic prayer, we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, the apostles lived with Jesus. They loved him so much that they couldn't wait for the final day. They couldn't wait to see him again, even if it meant judgment, even if it meant they had sin and they're going to be judged. You know why? Because they knew how merciful he was. They knew how good he was. They knew how much he put up with their flaws. And yet he kept coming back for more. They kept coming back for more. And it's a beautiful day that is coming. But he says, yeah, if you're not ready, you got to be vigilant. Pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent. This is coming from a negative point of view and to stand before the son of man. If it's all negative, well, then you better at least start praying prayers of petition. Like God, make me strong. God, make me strong. But that's not really what it's supposed to be about. It's so much bigger. It's so much better than this. Where are people's hearts today? Are they caught up in their anxieties? Are they caught up in their drunkenness? Yeah, (laughs) to a large degree. Yes. Um, I feel like there's also a lot of ignorance and what I mean, I mean, that word takes on different meanings, but what I mean by that is they just don't know the Lord. 
They don't know who they are. People don't know why they were made. Many of us listening right now, even myself to some degree, we don't get the fullness of the dignity in which we were created and the beauty that we were made for, the splendor, the glory for which we were created. We were created for glory, you and me. So that day is about fully realizing that glory. But each day, I mean, every day can be that day for us to experience that glory. But there's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of procrastinating because the faith is seen. And this is the lie of the devil, that our faith is something negative. Oh, I got to follow Jesus. There's all these rules. And I have to go here, listen to some priest who's, you know, who knows if he's even as good a person as I am. So why do I have to listen to him? Why do I have to confess my sins to him? I got to go do these things. I just, I think of some different examples. I mean, and there's so many examples we can give of people living in the day every single day and people who wouldn't have to worry then about the great day that's coming. The day that's supposed to come, that that does come for us every single day of our lives um, is meant to enhance our lives. I think of St. Francis de Sales and his writing the introduction to the devout life as he was, um, well, he was counseling St. Jane de Chantal. That book was written for her. She was caught up in the anxieties of life. She was caught up in a lot of stress. I don't think she drank. I don't know. Maybe she did. I don't know. But she was caught up with a lot of anxiety, a lot of issues there. Her husband had died. She was taking care of her father and her father-in-law and a bunch of kids. And she had a, a pretty, uh, you know, fired up temperament. Hard to know the exact word for that, but she started meeting with Francis de Sales and this whole book that you can read, that's one of the best books ever written on spirituality. It's about no matter how crazy your life is, no matter who, what you're called to in your individual life, we are called to the devout life. And that means living the day each and every day. Living the devout life means each day I make time for prayer. However, I mean, there's a lot of creative ways we can come up with this, but I make time to set apart for Jesus and Jesus comes into my heart with his peace. And the more we live that devout life, the more we figure out how to get Jesus into our lives, then everything else becomes easier. Everything else becomes sweeter. I'm not saying that the people you work with that are real nasty are suddenly going to be really nice. That's not what I mean. What I mean is your heart's going to change so that it's not going to bother you as much. Your heart's going to change so that you better know how to communicate. You better know how to listen. Um, your heart will change. So this is the message of St. Francis de Sales in the book and then the various letters to St. Jane. We can live in the midst of this world and still be living in the day. We can be living the life of heaven here in this world. He calls it the devout life by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so lots and lots of beautiful readings are there. I think of others, you know, when we talk about the stress of this life, you know, Jesus, <laughs> I, and I heard somebody talking about this reading not too long ago. Jesus wants us to be more restful. We, we have this work ethic. We call it the Protestant work ethic. It's more of the, really the American work ethic, um, where, and some, it, it 
falls into Christianity, Catholicism, and we find it all over that we think our self-worth, and a lot of times maybe our parents drove this, this into us or people that taught us, maybe it was the priests and the nuns, who knows? But this idea that I'm worth as my work, I have to work, 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 and then I'm worth something more because of how hard I work and the people I help and the things I do and the things I accomplish, and it's not true. Your salvation depends upon you being God's little baby boy or baby girl, God's little child. That's where your salvation lies. And I'm going to talk about what that means a little bit. I'm going to try not to go too long here. (laughs) I know you're all smirking as I say that. But I think of like St. Joseph Cupertino. He used to levitate. That's how holy the guy was. He loved to pray. But, you know, he was considered lazy. And I, I, you know, all right, to some degree they were wrong because he, they, they misinterpreted. He was praying or when he went out to beg, he came home with nothing. Well, that was really because he gave all the food away to the poor people. Okay. But he would just like fall asleep in front of a statue of the blessed mother. He would fall asleep in the barn, taking care of the animals. Now they thought he was being lazy. Later they found out, well, the the mother uh, goat or whatever it was, the, the cow died. And so he had to uh, keep, uh, keep the little ones alive with his own body warmth. And they all fell asleep together. But still, he's a great example of a saint that just rested in the Lord. Another one, St. Therese. She talked about so many times falling asleep in adoration. I want to say to St. I mean, and she's one of the greatest saints ever. She's a doctor of the church. But I want to say to her, you know, somewhat kidding. You had one job, right? You weren't called to to be, you know, all these challenging, difficult things that exist in the world. You weren't you weren't a construction worker. You weren't working on Wall Street. You had one job, and that was to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. You fell asleep all the time, and yet she became a doctor of the church. What is that all about? Well, read her writings. Read the the um, story of a soul, because she talks about resting in the Lord. Your salvation consists in being his child. Rest in him. Play before him. Do the things that you enjoy. I mean, yes, it's balance. We do have some ministries in our lives. We do have our work. But if you're caught up in worldly anxiety because you're trying to prove it to somebody, you're trying to make more money, you're still trying to impress your parents that are long gone, that's not what the Lord wants. The Lord doesn't want us caught up in the anxieties of life. He wants us to rest in him. What does it mean to rest in him? I think to myself, I mean, I wrestle with this. Very often I think, well, I'm not doing enough. I'm going to be judged harshly because I didn't do enough. But then I listen to, in addition to scriptures, (laughs) and that's what we're talking about here. That's one of the main points about this, um, this podcast is to study scripture, but also from our Catholic faith, what does it mean to be clothed with the sun? Of course, when I hear that expression, I think of Revelation 12, I think of the Blessed Mother, and I think of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Tilma. Um, you know, there was a man that had died from an arrow, and the Bishop of Mexico City wrapped the Tilma around him, and he came back to life. Clothed with the sun. We want to be clothed with Jesus and Mary. So what? where does my brain go very quickly when I hear this? The scapular. Being clothed with the sun, wearing that scapular. Mary promises no one who dies wearing the scapular will suffer the fires of hell. Does that mean if I wear that, I can go murder people and just rob banks and do whatever I want? <coughs> Excuse me. And then I'm going to heaven when I die. It's not exactly what it means. What it means is when I 
do that as an act of faith, when I do that as part of my consecration to Mary, and I'm wearing her garment now, and she made this promise that I believe in, she's working in my heart. She's praying that I be transformed. She formed Jesus in her womb. God did it, but still, it was in Mary's womb that Jesus was formed. It was in Mary's home that Jesus grew up. So St. Louis de Montfort says, it's the same way that we become saints, in the home of Mary, in the womb of Mary. Nicodemus in John 3 says, what do we have to go back into our mother's womb and be reborn? And he's saying it as a sarcastic comment, but Jesus doesn't tell him he's wrong. St. Louis de Montfort says, yeah, in a way, yes, we have to go into the womb of the church and we, and the church, you know, Mary is the preeminent mother, member of the church. She's also the mother of the church. And yes, St. Louis de Montfort says we need to be born again of Mary and we need to be nursed by Mary, fed by Mary, clothed by Mary. We need to be taught by Mary as we have this final Saturday in ordinary time. We're focused on Our Lady today, our, our last time. Of course, the whole Advent season and Christmas season focus on Mary, so we're not losing out by not having the Saturday in honor of Mary, because uh, every day will be in honor of Mary. But that's just one example, by the way, the scapular. All these promises Jesus and Mary have made to us are things meant to give us peace and confidence, not to be caught up in anxiety. Mary says, if you pray the rosary daily, you will not suffer the fires of hell. Mary, or actually Jesus said in one of the apparitions that if we meditate on the seven sorrows of Mary every day, we won't, not only will we go to heaven, but we go straight to heaven. And another promise is, uh, another promise of more quickly getting to heaven is if you use the scapular and pray the rosary, Mary promises to come get you from purgatory. If you're there the following Saturday after your death. Maybe uh, I'm just going to mess around here. <laughs> Try to arrange that you're, you die late Friday night. I don't know. Anyway, just kidding around when I say that. But all these other things that are given to us by Almighty God, the miraculous medal, the five first Saturdays, the nine first Fridays, just the simple gift of daily mass, daily, the ability to go to adoration, spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist, like St. Therese, falling asleep in front of him. And still, she gave us some beautiful writings about how even that helps us to grow in holiness. You know, if you fall asleep on the beach, you're still going to get a tan, maybe even burned, depending on whether you're prepared for that. Uh, it's similar to adoration. We can sleep in front of Jesus, and we're still gaining grace from that. Ideally, though, we want to worship him. We want to talk to him, spend time with him. Reading the Bible Simply reading the Bible, there are so many graces connected to that. So much that's transformative in that. One of the reasons I do this podcast, uh, and I, I hope to develop this over time into something more. I hope to get some more music. More. I don't have any music. I hope to get some music. Um, maybe a way to actually, because, uh, you know, there are some costs in making a podcast. So uh, maybe a way for some financial remuneration. Uh, but right now, none of that is happening, but I do this, even if I'm not making any money from it, I do it because I love the Lord. I love scripture and this, in a way it kind of forces me, not that I have to be forced, but then again, I do cause I'm lazy. It forces me to meditate on a passage from scripture every day 
And the Holy Spirit is so good. God is so good. And he gives me meditations and then I share them with others. This is a beautiful thing. I would do this. I want to do this all the time, even if I don't make any money from it. But yes, I would like to grow it. I'd like to benefit from it more. I'd like to spread it around, you know, um, or even just cover costs that are connected to it. Um, anyway, it's all good. It's all good. Reading the Bible, meditating on scripture like we're doing here today is something that clothes us with the sun and brings us closer to Jesus. Uh, regular confession. Once again, we can be at peace knowing, hey, I've confessed my sins. I was told by a very holy man once, um, you know, there's a lot of sins that are mentioned in the catechism that, uh, you know, culpability can be lacking. You know, once, you know, the three, three criteria for mortal sin, serious, know it's serious and give full consent. There's a lot of times in our lives that we don't give full consent. And this very holy man was telling me about this. We were talking about it. And he said, for those that go to weekly confession, for those that pray the rosary every day, that regularly go to daily mass and adoration, he said that it's his personal opinion. And it was an older priest that's heard confessions his whole life. He said, I really don't believe that that person is capable of mortal sin. I mean, true. Yes, we're all capable. Very, very true. You know, we could even argue, is Jesus capable in his humanity? Well, that's another whole argument because, of course, in some ways, the answer is no. But in some ways, it's like, well, Jesus did have free will, 100%. If you can't say no, what does your yes mean? And Jesus gave the ultimate yes. Anyway, that's a theological debate that we could have. But um, the point of what this priest was saying is that if you're just regularly filling yourself with God's grace through the sacraments and through prayer that there's a very, very little chance, even if you commit an act that might be considered serious matter, chances are, and the catechism says this in different places, culpability is lacking due to weakness. Uh, and when I talk to different people about, you know, sinful things that they're wrestling with, I always like to make the distinction. There's willful sin and there's sin of weakness. If you're committing willful sin, where you say, I don't care what the church teaches, I'm going to do this anyway. If you're institutionalizing your sin, you know, and, and there's a lot of ways that, that that is done. We could go through the commandments when people say, no, this is what I'm doing, regardless of what the church teaches. Okay, then you, this is this reading today and Jesus being all negative. That's for you. Be very, very afraid because hell is real and hell lasts forever. But on the other hand, if your sins are sins of weakness, because you're honestly trying to do all the right things and you still fall, okay, we're all weak. God knows we're weak. That's why he became man, to, to share in that weakness with us. He knows the weakness, he understands the weakness, and he's always waiting with his mercy and his forgiveness. You know, then you put on top of that the rosary, the scapular, etc., all these promises of Our Lady. If you're in the Lord, if you're with the Lord, if you're clothed with the Son, you have nothing to fear. Jesus gave us this reading today to talk about what we should be afraid of the great and the powerful day, but let's turn it into this. If we have fear of the Lord, which is really more about awe and wonder, then uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. And we have every reason, not just to be confident, but to be like, uh, you know, I don't want to say anxious. Anxious is a negative word, but... Uh, anxious in a good way, like the little kid that can't wait for Christmas morning. That's how we should feel about our salvation. And that's also how we should feel about every day we go to church 
every time we pray, every time we do some spiritual reading, every time we receive communion, we should be feeling to ourselves, I can't wait because the king has made himself available to me. The great and the powerful day is here. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.